How many of you know when the Lord wants to bless you, He sends a person? Facts. Hmm? Yes? Yes? <laughs> That's why it's not good to be a recluse and be a Christian. You're going to miss opportunities. He, got he sent Russell Lorfing into my life. And <laughs> it, it, it's just all God, the whole thing with Russell and, and me. And uh, I thank God every day for mm -hmm. my my friend and brother, Russell Lorfing. Definitely surprised he's still up here today. What a wonderful <laughs> blessing. I'm really, really interested in you documenting what that the Lord told you he was going to be here this morning. And I want you to continue to talk to the Lord about that and ask him to, uh, and tell me if there's more of that, okay? Because we're going to help you with that. That's going to, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. The devil didn't tell you that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Nevertheless, Russell helped me get that book going. I mean, it was uh, self-published, but I mean, he basically just encouraged me, inspired me, and gave me a few key ideas and, and uh, pointed me in a direction. And uh, next thing you know, we had it, you know. And, uh, and it's interesting because the Lord's been telling me that, he said, what about all the others? <laughs> yes. yes. And, uh, and so I, I'm aware that uh, so there are others in, in here. And uh, so thank God that uh, God willing, he'll uh, help me get those out and done as well. So nevertheless, I want to give space. I wanted that all on the video. I didn't do it, but... <clears throat> Before we, uh, before we start the message, I want to give space to the other <coughs> gift of the Lord uh, to the church. That's all the five-fold ministry. How many of you know that? And uh, we have another one of the uh, five-fold ministers in the house this morning, my great friend Russell Lorfing, and I want to give space for him to come up right now. And who knows, you may see him again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Lord love me so much. Well, it's good to be here. I did not come here with the intention to preach, but I'm open to anything that the Holy Ghost wants. But I did drive over 70 miles in a torrential downpour because I came to receive from God. And I put a demand on the anointing of the Holy Spirit to receive from this house. And there is no shortage of churches anywhere in the greater Houston area to go. I could have gone anywhere. I could have sat on the front row of many churches in the Houston area today. But I came here to one of the great churches in the greater Houston area. Grace and Truth Church. Hallelujah. God has so much for this house. I mean, when I pull into the parking lot, I can feel it. This is a place of destiny. Amen. Man, hallelujah. hallelujah. When John Osteen started Lakewood Church on Mother's Day, 1959, he was in an abandoned feed store with like 160 people. And it stayed that size for decades. And when they were only running 700 people in that little church over off East Houston Road, he would tell the congregation... Every Sunday morning, now turn and see all the thousands of people this way. And all the thousands of people this way. Oh, can't you see it by your eyes of faith? But nobody could see it. 
but he could see it on the inside. My home church in Tampa, we just dedicated our new upgraded sanctuary. This didn't happen in Africa. This just happened in Tampa, Florida, right here in America in January of 2023 in five and a half months. $10.3 million paid in cash. We doubled the size of our church sanctuary to the glory of God. They do that kind of stuff in Nigeria. They kind of they do that kind of stuff in Ghana. You don't see stuff like that in America. Five and a half months working around the clock, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. What would take two or three years? What would take probably $50 million financed at some bank the people of God paid for? But that man of God, Rodney Howard Brown, for years, 20 years ago, they were in that building. And he would say in the altar call, and I see those hands up in the balcony. Oh, I see a busload of people from Wisconsin. You came to receive from God up in the balcony. But there's no balconies there. But if you go to River of Tampa Bay Church this morning, there's balconies for a thousand people now. Paid for in five and a half months. Only by the miraculous hand of God. Because you have to see it in here before you'll ever see it here. And brother, I love what you said. You said our building is coming. Our building is coming. I tell you by the Spirit of God, your building is coming. And I can see hundreds of people, hundreds of people coming from around the greater Houston area to receive from this gift to the body of Christ. I love your pastor. David said about Jonathan, the son of Saul, it said that David and Jonathan, that they loved each other like they loved their own soul. I don't know if Pastor Will and I are quite there, but I love your pastor. And Jonathan came to David in Koresh and he came and he said, I was sent here by God to strengthen your hands in God. And God sent me on assignment to Pastor Will Brocker to strengthen his hands in God. When he looks in the mirror, I don't know that what he sees. I don't know. I've never asked him. But when I look at Pastor Will, and I'm not a comic book guy at all. I don't watch any of that nonsense. But I see Bruce Banner. He looks so humble. And he looks kind of mild manner. But what I see in the spirit is the Hulk. Big, big, big Holy Ghost. Big revelation. One of the best kept secrets in the greater Houston area is Pastor Will Brocker. And I see God exposing him to the world this year. I hear the sound of his voice being amplified this year. And he said correctly by the Spirit of God, there's books in there. But I tell you this, oh, there's whole ministries in there, Pastor Will. There's videos and there's podcasts, and there's books, and there's teaching series in there that people will feed from for generations. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Pastor Will is like my hero. It's like Jesus. He's, he's, he's like meek and lowly in heart and humble. And, you know, you couldn't get him to say a negative thing about anybody. But don't let the demeanor fool you. On the inside of him is, oh, and I came to receive from that today. I've got some big things I'm asking God for. Big things I'm trusting God for, just like you. And I know that under the anointed ministry of the word, this morning, I'm going to receive. So I greet you. 
I bless you in Jesus' name. I'm going to sit down and welcome to the pulpit one of the greatest gifts in the city of Houston, Pastor Will Brocker. had known his whole life, their whole lives. And <clears throat> they were in their 40s now, but they were still just terrible. I mean, they he had tried to reach them their whole lives since they were little boys, and they were always the terrors of the town. They were promiscuous, they were uh, just hell racers, right? They, they drank and were violent and destructive, and they just weren't good people, and they never did change. Well, one of them died, and the brother went to the pastor, and he said, I have a favor to ask of you. My brother has passed away, and he said, I'll give you, I'll give your church a $10,000 check, a donation, if in the funeral service you will call my brother a saint. He said, all right. And so he gave him the money, and word got around right away. Uh, you know, small town stuff. And, uh, and so everybody was really amazed that the, this preacher was supposed to call this terrible man a saint in the funeral service. But came time for the funeral, everybody there, even people from other towns around there came from this. These people were so notorious, right? And they wanted to hear what he said. And he, he started the eulogy and he said, I'm here today to lay to rest one of the worst human beings I've ever met in my life. He was terrible to the core. He never changed. He never would repent, although God tried to reach him his entire life. But compared to his brother, he was a saint. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, grace, and mercy. 
Thank you for teaching and guiding us, Lord. Thank you for your precious word and the anointing that breaks every yoke. Yes. Lord, we just thank you for your presence, Lord. Don't ever let it be me, Lord. That's always my prayer. Just use me just as a willing vessel, Lord. Speak to the people who are here today and those who will hear this message anywhere else at any other time by any other means, Lord. And just touch them, meet them at their point of need, heal them everywhere they hurt, Lord. Empower them by your promises. Let them feel your love and let them be prospered in every, every area of their life that they may go and help others with that same help they've received. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief, the devil, comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it Abundantly. Yes. Abundantly. <clears throat> Last week we were, I mentioned a couple of scriptures from John chapter 6 where the disciples had asked Jesus, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And he said, this is the work of God that you believe on the one whom he has sent. <laughs> Sounds pretty simple, huh? All of your doing and trying and striving to be good enough and to earn God's blessing and favor, it's all a free gift. And it all comes through the person of Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus or it's all about nothing. Amen. True believing, as we finished up last week, will cause you to follow Jesus closely. Remember that message? And like a, this is like a vine clinging to the branch. Hmm? Knowing that it's useless apart from the branch. And it'll cause us to behave that way because we come to... He, as we develop a track record in relationship with the Lord, and we realize He is good. And I don't want to be anywhere else but close to Him. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 says, Grace to you and peace. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. They go together like peanut butter and jelly in the Bible. From God our Father, that's the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Haven't you heard of Jesus of Nazareth? He was anointed with power and with the Holy Ghost. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Good God. Not just a kind, nice Jesus. And maybe he'll put a good word in with you with, with Zeus up there, his dad, who's with the long white beard and the... And the and the lightning bolt waiting to get you for stepping out of line. No, 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 no. He said, you see me, you see the Father. We're good. The devil's bad. This is fundamental of Christianity. Yet, it's not taught everywhere, is it? How many of you came out of some other sort of denomination or setting where it did not teach you that? See? So, 
Well, I mean, I mean, people who have a desire to come to the Lord, but they think, well, I've made my bed. I'm just going to lie, and it's too late for me. They've been told all this nonsense. I said, listen, you start agreeing with God today, you'll be ahead of, ahead of 95% of the Christians in the body of, the, of Christ. God can do more with five years of your life than you did with 50. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. Grace and peace from God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. You realize, and that's according, again, not a bad father God either, according to the will of God the Father. (laughs) You realize Jesus, what he's done to deliver you from this present evil age. I mean, you look around, things are, this is a pretty evil age we live in. You know, you've been delivered from that. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're royalty, kings and priests, children of God. And He loves you. So how do I, how do I? Galatians 2.20, you reckon yourself dead to the world and alive to Christ. I have been crucified with Christ, Paul said. That's what I say. Every time I want to get offended, every time I want to get bitter or hurt or disappointed or discouraged, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God or by the faith of the Son of God. You have the very faith of Jesus Christ. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Russell said, I don't know what Will sees when he looks in the mirror. Sometimes, it varies. I don't even want to tell you. It varies. But when it does, I say this. I make it personal. He gave himself for me. Look who Jesus loves. God got your picture in his wallet, William. (laughs) But God, Ephesians 2, 4, 5, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins and trespasses. How many of you can document those times when he saved your life when you weren't living, even thinking about him. I can. He loved you even then. And he made us alive. Even when we're dead in our sins and trespasses, and he made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. By grace you've been saved. And this saving grace has given you everything. Everything that you need for this life and for godliness. That's the power and the provision of God. Then huh? it say in Titus 2, 11, 12, that the, 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 the grace of God that brings salvation to all men, but all men aren't saved. Why? Because it requires a faith response to that grace of provision and power, but it teaches us to live godly lives in this present evil age, huh? 
So it's the power of God, the instruction of God, the provision of God, all under the category of the grace of God through the atonement of Jesus Christ. God not only can cause you to be blessed and prosperous, but he's already made all provision and spoken his blessing over you in Christ. Amen? Yes. But we need to believe, right? We need to believe. That's what last week was all about. We need to believe and learn how to cooperate with God. We have a part to play. It's not about earning his acceptance or his approval, but there are spiritual laws in place. And you can, what you don't know is killing you. We learn to cooperate with the law just like the law of gravity. You know, that's a natural law. We, 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 we come to find out about that by the time we're, you know, done jumping trash cans and trying to fly off the roof with our bed sheet that looks like a <laughs> Superman cape and find out it's not. We need to cooperate with him so he can get those blessings flowing in our lives. Amen. Amen. So the Bible talks a lot in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, there are there's a lot. And Randy was talking to me this morning about circumcision and Abraham and all that. And maybe he's going to think about the blessing of Abraham. And I said, well, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Go look in Galatians chapter 3 in your Bible. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. So Galatians chapter 3. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because that will be my tendency. So let me remind myself not to. Starting at the fifth verse. Paul's telling them how foolish they are. These, the Galatian church, they had all come to, to receive the Lord Jesus by grace. By the hearing of the word of faith. And, and, they, and, and the Holy Spirit started doing wonderful works in their midst. And, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And it was a wonderful time. And then Paul left. And then these wolves crept in. These legalists. And they started telling them, yeah, well, it's all good. But, and they started saying, Jesus, it takes Jesus plus. You got to do some things. Jesus plus anything is nothing. Amen. Jesus plus nothing is everything. And so he's blasting them. He called them foolish. And he said they were bewitched. He said you started out good in the spirit. By grace. And now you want to try to finish it off in the flesh? Come on. <laughs> get right. Some people just can't get right. <laughs> Don't tell that one. <laughs> so in the fifth verse he says does he who supplies the spirit the Holy Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law by hearing with faith just as Abraham believed God here we go so we see just what God's saying to us believe God Abraham believed God and it was counted or credited to him as righteousness know then that 
It is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. There we go. So he's talking to us. Look down to the... Oh, oh I don't want to... Lord, please. <laughs> so, and so he tells what Jesus has done, removing the curse for us by his perfect sacrifice on the cross because everyone who hangs on a, a tree is, is cursed. And he took all that, all the curses of Deuteronomy 28. So look at the 14th verse. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham... How many of you in Christ? Yes. Amen. The blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. That's you. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So all of the wonderful blessings of God, the provision and power and instruction, every good thing, all the love, joy, and peace you'll ever need, all in the capital S, Holy Spirit, huh? You've all received that blessing if you've received Jesus Christ. Now you might need to still be filled as with that separate baptism of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes people need to be filled again. I can show you throughout the book of Acts where the same people that were filled got filled again. And then some people who had, had received Jesus, who had been baptized into Jesus by the Holy Spirit, hadn't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. Still very common today, the body of Christ. Verse 14, 15, to give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it's been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say into offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one. And to your offspring, who is Christ. That This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterwards, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions. It, so anyway, I don't want to get stuck on that because I'll start preaching on it. There's a few reasons God put the law in place. One, because people were just so bad. And he had to instill fear into some. And those who were believing in God, he had to show them the end of themselves so that they could know they still weren't good enough and they were needed a Savior. So, but he goes on about that for a minute. And then what I was trying to get to, I think there's somewhere around the 29th verse, and then I'm going to move on, and you'll see why I'm trying to... Because it talks a lot about Abraham. And see, Abraham wasn't under the law. You understand that, right? So when you say that, like tithing is an Old Testament, uh, uh, that was under the law. Well, why did, why did he give a tenth to Melchizedek when he was coming back from the Battle of the Five Kings on the battlefield? Amen. Melchizedek was either Jesus pre-incarnate, and I don't want to argue about it, or at least a type and shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe it was Jesus. Yes. <laughs> uh, the 29th verse, and I'll just, I'll just cut through the chase. You can read this for yourself. The 29th, and if you are Christ, again, raise your hand, please. If you are, then you are Abraham's offspring. Hello. Amen. Heirs according to the promise. Okay, if you're Abraham's offspring, then you're, then, then you're an heir of his, and, and an heir of what? 
The blessing of Abraham. Okay. That's the whole point of this. And it had nothing to do with legalism or the law. Because that came, that came way later. God wants you living a life of faith. Hmm? He wants you living a life of faith because He wants you walking in the blessing. I want to talk about the God of abundance today. And you need to know this and you need to believe it and receive it. A lot of people have thrown these messages out. They threw the baby out with the bathwater because they've seen some abuses or they just didn't understand it. Or they just felt like somebody was always wanting to talk about money and that's what school churches were all about. So we need to get some clear understanding so, so that God can help you to receive all the help he has for you that you in turn can give that same help to others. Amen. Amen. So he wants you blessed. He wants you walking in the blessing because he loves you. First of all, you need to know he loves you and so you can be a blessing. And he will do great things and he will try and get you aligned with him so that he can bless you. He'll even send you a Oh, country preacher who lived for the devil for the better part of his life to try and help you to, to know him better so that you will trust him and seek him and find him and see for yourself that the Lord is good. Amen. Yes. He wants you successful, folks. He wants you successful. And I've heard it said like this, success is when preparation meets opportunity. Now let me translate that into the Christian language. The supernatural Christian life. Success is when preparation, and you can translate preparation into a life of faith, meets opportunity and opportunity can be translated into God's open doors of blessing and provision. Amen. So success is when you're, you're living your day-to-day -day life of faith, which has prepared you to receive. You makes you ready when God opens up opportunities and windows and doors of blessing and provision and brings them across your path. You're prepared and ready to receive them. Because I know a lot of people who aren't. I heard the man of God stand right up here and tell you guys when I wasn't here how he had spoke, he had heard God tell him specifically, and this is, this is not one who makes things up as he goes along. He don't want to say it if, God did, if he didn't hear it from God. He has no agenda, no motivation. That's why I trust what he says. But he said he prophesied, if, correct me if I get it wrong, but he prophesied Time and time and time again over persons who he would see years down the road and they had squelched that and squandered that and never had walked into the, the, the provision of what God had promised or what he wanted to give them. Because they didn't position themselves to receive. Now, you could talk a lot more in depth about that but we do have a part to play we can 
we can sabotage every good thing that God tries to do in our life. I, 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 I did it for many decades. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Talent is something that's thrown away every day. But God wants you successful. And Genesis chapter 12, talking about Abraham, I just want to look at this. And I want to try to inspire you and encourage you in your faith and in your knowledge of God to know how good he is, how much he loves you. Look at Genesis chapter 12. We'll just, we'll just look at how he dealt with Abraham since you are the heir of Abraham and the blessing of Abraham. huh? Because Abraham started out right here in the 12th chapter of Genesis. And, and it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, you, you, you guys know how I am on, the, on grace and the number five, right? I love this, this opening verse of chapter 12 when he called Abraham. Watch this. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house, to the land I will show you. Okay, I will. There's God one time. And I will make you of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. So that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. Five times God said, I will. That's a picture of grace. God will. It's not what you do, but what you allow God to do. Amen. Amen. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So he called Abraham out of his, the land that he had grown up in. He tells him to leave. I don't think he intended him to leave his wife behind, of course, because he sees them as one. So he took... He was Abram at the time, and Sarai was Sarai. And uh, so, but he did take his nephew with him, even though he told him to leave his kin behind. So right away he disobeyed, even though his, as he was being partially obedient. Don't, don't look so holy. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Five times God said, I will. And Abraham didn't do it perfectly. God still loved him. God still blessed him. God still used him. A couple of times he even played his wife off as his sister to protect his own neck. And once she ended up in the harem of another king. <laughs> and almost, you know, thank God, God said, I will. And he did. He went in and ended in the dream. And he said, what are you doing with this woman? Well, you touch her, I'm going to kill you. God is good, even when we're not. Amen. Amen. Chapter 15, just turn a couple of pages over. And I want to tell you, matter of fact, if you want to go back and read about the, the tithe and how it uh, went through Abraham to Melchizedek, it's right there in the 14th chapter. I'm not going to go there today. But he had all, uh, he took Lot too. And in the 14th chapter, you can see where Lot got him in a lot of trouble. He had to go rescue Lot. He had to go fight 
five kings, and he whooped them all and took all their stuff. And Anyway, it's a wonderful story. But in the 15th chapter, you can see that God encouraged Abraham because he was, he was still wondering why, why, he hadn't, uh, why he hadn't had a kid, right? And he told him that he was going to be blessed and he was going to make him a father of many nations. And, and anyway, he encouraged him. And again, he believed God. And look at there. He told him again in verse 5. No coincidence, of course, of the 15th. That's 5 times 3. That's just a grace times the, 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 the Holy Trinity. <laughs> 15, 5. And he brought him outside and said, look, look toward heaven and number the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord, verse 6, and he counted it to him as righteousness. So there he goes, he says it again. Trusting in God. That's your work. That's all the work that God requires of you. I'm just showing you examples of time and again. You believe God. Credit it to him as right. He say because uh, not only did he believe him, but he also behaved perfectly. Otherwise, he would have been disqualified. No, it doesn't say that. Matter of fact, you show me one of these people, even the, like David, who God said was a man after his own heart. And he loved him so much. I mean, this guy, I mean, if, if anything disqualifies you or, 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 or makes you dirty, it's murder and adultery. David did that. And God still loved him and still blessed him. Not because of that, in spite of that. Hmm? David did repent, by the way. <laughs> but screwed up his whole family, too. A long time. Consequences to our actions. Don't blame God. <laughs> Uh, it's the faith life we're talking about because God wants you blessed he's a God of abundance when you get to Genesis chapter 17 and I'm just jumping around here just having some fun okay we see by the time you get to chapter 17 Abram and Sarai had got tired of waiting because <clears throat> Abram was 75 years old when God called him out of his own country Okay, and then he made him these promises, and his wife was barren. She was a decade younger than him, but here they are, and they still had nothing had happened. They start reasoning. They start thinking how they need to help God, <laughs> and we know that that usually ends in disaster. So they did try to do things their way. Uh, how many of you already know the story <laughs> about? Okay. Well, I won't spend a lot of time there, but they did try to help God. And, and uh, Sarah, Sarah, the one who got so mad about it, was her idea. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he, he got with her maidservant, and they had Ishmael, right? And we're still fighting him today. But God didn't accept that because... It wasn't what he promised, and it wasn't his way and his will and his timing, and it wasn't how it was supposed to be. So they tried to help him to their and to God's dismay. Then God stepped in and introduced himself by a name 
This is what I'm trying to get at. And it had never been revealed to mankind before. In the first verse of Genesis chapter 17, when Abram was 99 years old, so 24 years later, after he called him out, he's still waiting, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. El Shaddai. Yes. In the Hebrew. The God of more than enough. All sufficiency. Huh? God is the God of more than enough. We know that he is a consuming fire, praise God. Not just a little campfire. He declares his covenant with Abraham. And in verse 5, look at verse 5 again. <laughs> no longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between you and me and your offspring after you, you throughout all their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to, to their offspring, to your offspring after all. Listen, in the Hebrew alphabet, the, le the, the letters and the numbers are the same. In other words, for every letter, it's a number. Like we have A, B, C, D, E. They would have, so our A would be one, our B would be two, our C would be three, if it was like the Hebrew alphabet. So the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet is the H, the H. The number for grace. The letter for grace. That's what he added to Abraham and to Sarah. To Sarai and to Abram. And he changed their names from Abram, which means fatherly or exalted father, to Abraham, which means father of a multitude. Huh? So he's the God of multiplication. Do you see that? I, Jesus told us, if you don't understand the law of sowing and reaping, you're not going to understand anything that I teach you about the kingdom. Everything's in seed form. Yes. So when people start saying, oh God, he, they just want my money. <laughs> no. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns it all. He made it all. What he wants from you is that seed that he can bless and multiply back to you in the hundredfold variety. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and he teaches you, starting with money, because Jesus said this is the least of everything. That I, you know, he, to him, money is the least. It's a good tool to have. But when you understand, because he knows we need money and we, we, we enjoy money and we like having things and, and there's nothing wrong with having them as long as they don't have you. I want a lot of things. I, I, I've had a lot of things with, without the blessing of the Lord and it made me sad. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. And that's, that's where we're going now. Amen. And I want to bring all of you along with me. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. I didn't even get it. Hello? <laughs> Amen. Yes. All right. God of more than enough. God of multiplication. 
He had made Abraham into a father of a multitude of nations by grace. And I'm telling you today that we need to see ourselves as Abraham. Imperfect in the flesh. But don't, don't just say that that's okay. I always say as long as you're in this flesh, you're not going to be perfect. But you should be willing to be perfected along the way. There's no stagnant, there's no campfires built on the, on the, on the path to Jesus Christ. Huh? On the path of righteousness. There's no, no place to camp out there. There's no stagnancy in, in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're either moving forward or you're moving backwards. Amen. So don't act, don't, don't think I'm saying it's okay that you're not imper, that you're imperfect in the flesh as far as your, your motivation and your incentive and your desire to please God should be there. I mean, that should, there should be fruit. Amen. <laughs> but it's not going to earn anything from God. It's a free gift. It's either all about Jesus or it's nothing. You're going to find your identity, who you really are. You see people always looking for, I just don't know who I <laughs> Never mind, I don't want to. <laughs> You're only going to find your true identity after you find out by revelation who God is. That's right. hmm? And you assume your identity in Christ. I never forget that day he told me, get your stuff and get out of here. And I was sitting in my office and in that new church and Pastor Will on the office door and all. You prepared to take up your identity and me alone? You trust me? Yes, sir. Get your stuff. Get out of here. I never look back. Because I only want to be where he is. I only, only want to be in the place called there. The place that he has for me at that particular time. I want to be connected to the vine always. Because I love him. And he's shown me how wonderful and how faithful he is. And my identity, I only find in Him alone. The God of multiplication. The God of more than enough. We need to believe that God wants to bless us and bless us abundantly. Why is, why is so significant about the abundance? I'll tell you. But if you don't believe that He wants to bless you and bless you abundantly, you're not going to get very far when He gives you the opportunity to be blessed. You have to make the connection here. So you see that you have a part to play. And it's getting yourself positioned in faith to receive from God. And that's what he's trying to get you all to where you're ready or eager and expectant. Because he has some things coming for you. Amen. I believe God wants to bless the people of this church. And those who partake of this ministry everywhere in the world. He is the God of multiplication of more than enough. And he definitely loves you and wants you to prosper in every area of your life. Amen. Genesis 22. I'll just take. Probably not going to. Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Maybe. Genesis 22. I want to show you this. 
So we see him as El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the God of more than enough, the almighty God. And in, in Genesis 22, he gives Abraham a new name. Another one who's never, he's never shared with anyone before. And when you find out a name of God, it's not just who he is, it's what he does. It's who he is and what he does for you and in you and through you and for you. Amen. Genesis 22, God reveals himself as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> You know, he is the provider, Joey. He is. Yes. We're not limited or controlled by what man does. There's no security in corporate America. And it can be trying when you're the one in that fire. But I'm telling you, you're doing a great job. Because there's always going to be an opportunity for offense right before the blessing. Mm -hmm. Stay right where you're at. Amen. Praise Him in the storm. Amen. The Lord will provide. He's our provider. The enemy really comes against the prosperity message. <coughs> Partly because Christians agree with it. Or just dismiss it, partly because they've seen some abuses maybe in the body of Christ. I don't talk about those things. I'm not prepared because I, I, I know that this is true about God. He is the God of multiplication. He does love blessing us. And He don't care what we have as long as it don't have us. And when I see people so critical about a, a preacher that bought an airplane, and, and they, they don't understand that he, he gave 14 airplanes away. That's right. He sowed a seed. Same with cars and things like that. You know, it's just none of my business, really. Every time I've even thought about talking to God about one of those things, He said, what's that to you? You follow me. And I say, yes, sir. You're right, of course. Love you. <laughs> but... The enemy comes against the prosperity message. Why? Because if Christians don't understand and believe that God wants to bless you abundantly, you won't be ready to receive when he opens the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing on you. In Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, and I won't go there. You've all read it. A lot of preachers, you see, this is one of the misuses. You see, it can be done wrong. I, I sat under teaching where they said, you robbing God. They would, they would preach Malachi 3 like it was the Godfather instead of Father God. If you, if you, don't, if you don't give, you're going to take it out in doctor bills. Your transmission is going to fall out of your car. I sat this close to ministers who looked me right in the eye and told me that. And I was already giving all that I could. <clears throat> they were wrong to teach it that way. It's an opportunity, though, that is not, has not changed. Amen. God still, this is the only place in, in, in the Word where He challenges us to test Him. He says, go ahead and try me in this if you want to. Test me and see. Just give and watch and see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so abundantly you can't receive it. 
<coughs> so I say, hey, that's an awesome opportunity. I've seen it so many times when like people, and, and the testimonies I've heard with things that I didn't see in person are, are, are so abundant I can't even count them. But God honors this. So I don't know why anyone isn't doing everything they could can to position themselves and participate in the program that God has to get finances to his people. <coughs> it's all about the law of sowing and reaping. I thank God that this is a very generous church and you're all wise to be so. I never like <coughs> preaching on it a lot because it sounds very self-serving. And this message is not about giving. It's about you being blessed and knowing and believing that he is the God who wants you to be blessed abundantly. Because if you don't know it and believe it, it'll be very hard for you to receive it. In Genesis chapter 22, Abraham's faith is tested again. That's when he's called by God to sacrifice his son, his real son, the one, the child of promise, the child of laughter, Isaac. God has a sense of humor. That's why he was named Isaac, because they laughed when, uh, when he told them that they were going to have him. And then Sarah even denied laughing. <laughs> he said, yes, you did. So you can call him Isaac. It means laughter. <coughs> People say things like that in the Word and, and call it John and James and Sons of Thunder. I mean, he's so fun, man. God is so cool. <coughs> he called... I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to pray because I want to get Russell back up here. But, <coughs> so I'm going to try not to I love the word, don't you? Amen. Yes. It's so wonderful. How do you just, how do you just not keep on, you know? I love how Randy loves the word, man. He comes and talks to me, and he tells me of, of all these different stories. And he's so excited, like a little kid, a childlike faith, and I love it. Man, I love what God has done in you. It's just so beautiful. Be a part of it, the witness. He called Abraham... He told him, go sacrifice Isaac as a burnt offering up on Mount Moriah. Yeah. That's where the Temple Mount is now. Where that big golden dome is in Jerusalem. That Muslim mosque that I told you last week has two, in two different places on that mosque inscribed the words, God has no need of a son. Demonic. Demonic force, yeah. Spirit of Antichrist. But you know, this story was passed down for 1600 years. I mean, for a thousand years. It was 1600 B.C. or so. Until Moses wrote it down 400 years later after it happened, right? Around 1200 B.C. I think. Yeah. But just... I just want you to put yourself there. 
for a minute. I've, well, I remember preaching. The first time I preached about this, <clears throat> my wife never forgot. But I'm not going to preach that, that, that message that way about the typology and everything of, of what happened when, when Isaac is a picture of Christ carried that, his own firewood up that mountain on his back. That's a picture of Jesus and the cross. Amen. <clears throat> Nevertheless, just put yourself there in Jerusalem. You know, there's a lot of mountains. A lot of mountains around there. I haven't been. Mm -hmm. I would love to go. But people's faith gets quickened when they go there. Nothing different there. There's no more anointing there. You know why? Because they can see it. Their, their, their imagination, their godly imagination, their hope is quickened. Their, their faith is quickened because they start seeing the Bible come to life. There's lots of mountains around Jerusalem to see, though. And I, I know you remember how Moses wanted so, so much to see the promised land. And God didn't allow it. And that's a, another message or two. But he took, he took Moses up on a mountain on the other side of the Jordan, not in the promised land, but where they could see it. And he let him see it. And then, and then Moses died. And you know, the Lord himself buried Moses there on that mountain. But he let him, he let him see it. Joshua, who's a type of Jesus, Yeshua, was the one who led, led them into the, the promised land. And, but you know, Jesus is going to return, isn't he? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Sooner now than it was yesterday. <clears throat> if it was the end times when they were writing this New Testament, it's really the end times now. Amen. But Jesus is going to return, and he's going to, he's going to come down, and he's going to step on the Mount of Olives. And I think he's going to, it's going to be right in that spot where he was arrested. And when he does, it says it's going to split wide open the ground. Amen? And then he's going to walk into Jerusalem, the city of God, through the beautiful gate, right? And into the temple. And I believe that was on that mountain, that Mount Moriah, where Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac. And Abraham, as he was about to sacrifice that boy, he lifted the knife and God stopped him, right? Let's just look real quick. <laughs> I said I wouldn't. But I just want to, and then I'll finish. Genesis 22. Wow. Interesting, crazy worship today. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis chapter 22. Look at the, uh, da, 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 the seventh verse. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, and he said, Here I am, son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place in which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord came to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. 
He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now, I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the, place, the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the, mount of, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. That was the tradition that was passed down. That's the name that God revealed himself to. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I'm thinking of the song now. We used to sing all the time. But that's how it was told through the generations to come. On the mount of the Lord, God shall provide. And he did provide that day in type and shadow. But he, God did not withhold his only son. We know that. And I believe that Abraham, as he looked around, as he had that knife in his hand, and he looked around and he saw the Mount of Olives in the distance, and he saw Golgotha, the place of the skull where Jesus was crucified. I believe that he was seeing all that at the time he heard the Lord's voice. And I can't even imagine the rush of anointing and, and, and how it overwhelmed him when that revelation came from God. And that is the place where God has provided. And that's where it's all going to come to a conclusion. Amen. I am about a quarter of the way <laughs> through the things I wanted to get to today to really just get you so excited because you're going to take off running out the door. <clears throat> but the Lord is telling me to hold up right here and it'll give me a good starting place next week because I want to show you guys. I've talked to you so often about corporate ministry, the five-fold ministry, and how much I believe in it, and how beautiful it is when it's really working and flowing in unison, and all the ministry gifts, and I want to always have you exposed to more and more of that. I want to show you how, how it works when it flows like this. I'm just going to take the baton, so to speak, the spiritual baton, I'm just going to hand it off to my brother Russell right here, and watch, watch and see how God blesses you. been at this thing a long time, and I never get tired of how the Holy Ghost orchestrates everything. Two things. For the last week, I have, my wife and I have been, we have some big things we're facing in the ministry, and for the last week around my house in Tampa, we've been singing the song from the 70s from David Eagles, El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, the all-sufficient one. El Shaddai literally means the God who is the full-breasted one. Who if we come to God and get all of our substance, it will never run dry. I came to this house this morning for myself, for me personally and for my ministry to receive something from God. And the man of God preached on the thing that's been in my spirit for a week. Lord, I have heard you. Hallelujah. But then... Last night, as I'm laying in my hotel room in Galveston, 
the Lord is talking to me about Abraham and about a two word phrase. And I thought I would minister this in the month of March because I'm coming back in the month of March. But about Abraham being fully persuaded. And I want to talk to you about how do you enter in? How do you really receive? See, if God is El Shaddai, if God really is the all-sufficient one, if everything we could ever need is met in Him in abundance, why doesn't everyone receive? Now, Hosea 4.6 does say that my people are destroyed for their lack of knowledge. The things you don't know literally can kill you. I've buried a lot of people that love God. The thing they didn't know took them out. But this house this morning, and I hope I'm not taking your message from next week. I feel from the Spirit of God I'm going to see you next week. I feel from the Spirit of God I'm going to see you next week. But I'm going to give you two words from the Holy Ghost this morning. Can you give the Holy Ghost five minutes? Ten minutes. I promise you, it's not really that important to go eat lunch. You're just going to poop it all out. Let's hear from God. Now, Pastor Will, he was got into Genesis 12, then he jumped over to Genesis 15. That's orchestrated by the Holy Ghost. Because the Lord dropped on me Genesis 13 last night. And I said, Lord, I'm going to run around the building if he hits chapter 13, verse 2. But the Bible says that Jesus, you know, I'm a different personality than Pastor Will. I'm a little loud and dynamic. But I watched when I got here. I saw his strength diminished. But when he came up here to stand under the anointing, I saw the strength of God come on him. I can hear it in his voice. I can see it in his delivery. And I tell you by the Spirit of God that as a hand would reach out to a volume knob and turn it up and the sound would be amplified. God says that even this day, I amplify your strength. I amplify your recovery. Strength, man of God. Supernatural recovery. And I don't know what this is, but this plan for there to be some long-standing thing, I cancel it in Jesus' name. There will be no complications. There will be nothing that you deal with for an extended time. No battle of faith because I cancel it now in Jesus' name. And I release in you by the anointing of the Spirit of God. Everything you need for supernatural recovery in Jesus' name. So Jesus, Jesus became the curse for us. Probably my favorite verse in all of Scripture, at least right now it is. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. That he redeemed us from the curse of the law. Oh, hallelujah. All the curses of Deuteronomy 28. All the sickness, all the poverty, all the plagues of long continuance, all the generational curses. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. But hey, because it's written, cursed is every man that hangs on the tree. That the blessing of God might come upon us. Hallelujah. By faith in Jesus Christ. But what is the blessing of Abraham? Genesis chapter 12 verse, Genesis chapter 13 verse 2 says Abraham was very rich. You're going to make some Christians mad now. Says that Abraham was very rich 
And Moses, who I believe wrote the book of Genesis, he knew that a bunch of preachers, thousands of years in the future, would say, oh, well, that's just spiritual. Oh, he was very rich in spirit. He was very rich in mercy. He was very rich in love. No. Genesis chapter 13, verse 2 says, Abraham was very rich in silver and gold and livestock, in physical stuff. And if I be a man of God, this brother right here, you're going to be rich in stuff. I hear the Lord in my left ear say to you again, command, command, command. You will command wealth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory. Two words from the Holy Ghost this morning. Pastor Will just set the stage. I mean, I'm amazed. Why aren't there hundreds of people this morning sitting under this revelation of grace? And I mean, it's like a feast of truth with no religion tied to it. With none of this performance and earning things from God. But he talks about the consequences of your actions. He talks about you have to partner with God and have a response. It's like, I hate the word balanced, but it's like the most balanced grace message. I am going to love to see what Jesus does to amplify this man's ministry all over the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn with me in your Bibles. One verse this morning. Romans chapter 4. I'm going to start at verse 17. So talking about the promise that God made to Abraham. And again, Pastor Will's the teacher. He can set it up perfectly. I'm going to dive right into the meat of what I want you to walk away with this morning. Verse 17, we are in Romans 4. As it is written, God said to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him, meaning God, whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed so that Abraham became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now, listen here. Romans 4, 19, Abraham, not being did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. He was a hundred years old. His wife was 90 years old and his plumbing no longer worked. Do you hear me? It was going to be impossible to have children. Of course she laughed. What do you mean I'm going to have children? <laughs> My factory is closed, she said. He said, my plumbing quit decades ago. What you mean I don't want to have kids? But listen to Abraham. He wasn't weak in faith, and neither are you, Grace and Truth Church. He did not consider his natural circumstances, the weakness of his own body. But listen to this word from the Holy Ghost, verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Amen. 
It does not matter what it looks like in the natural. I don't care what your age is. Doesn't matter what your bank account is. All that it takes to enter in to the promises of God is you got to get drunk on His promises and be fully persuaded that if my plumbing was broken, God will replace the pipes. But I know that God's going to keep His word to me. My brother here, the commander, I don't remember your name. The commander, all you have to do, Sam, is get drunk on the promise of God for your life and be fully persuaded. God, you said it. You will do it. And I'm going to get up every morning and follow the Holy Ghost. You'll show me exactly what to do. My brother here who's out of work, you won't stay out of work. I told you that during praise and worship. But what I see is the stupid devil thought he could bring discouragement to you. This is going to be a blessing and a pay bump. You will not look back at the beginning of 2023 and say, oh man, that was the high point. It just went down from there. God said from level to level, from glory to glory, from faith to faith, and you are in the perfect will of God. Hallelujah that you're hearing him say, I'm sending the overweight, white-bearded guy um, to the house this morning from 70 miles away. He's going to give you some other instructions along these lines. And I see them lining your wallet with money. Listen here. Listen here. You're going to do business with God on a level that you never have before. This will not be a situation where you have to apply to a hundred different places, go for interviews, get jerked around. You're going to hear from God in a level you never have. And I hear the Lord say right here, I'm going to show you and prove some things to you. Says the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Grace and truth, church. Can you get drunk on the promise of God for your life? Can you drink it instead of the wine of reality and what everybody says and what religion says? God, if you said it, I believe you and I'm going to have it. When I stand up here, I'm preaching in the new building. I, every time Will was preaching, I can see the cameraman following. I can see him on the screen. I can see exactly what it looks like. I'm already there. I'm fully persuaded. This is going to be a powerful church in the greater Houston area. I see a report of podcast downloads in the thousands that you will see. I'm, I'm, I'm fully persuaded. I'm not speaking by faith, even though that's fine. I'm fully persuaded. I don't need to see anything else. I'm drunk on this thing. It's altered my ability to walk. You hear me? It's altered my ability to walk. I'm so drunk on what God says about my life and about your life and about this house. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Your son. Your son. I hear the Lord say, speak the word. In Psalm 512, I will surround him with favor as a shield. And God said, I'm going to do it for you. Speak the word, mama. And I'm going to do it for you. Hallelujah. Glory. You get in trouble prophesying like this. I'm just telling you what the Lord said. You feel the anointing in this house? Am I making that up? No. God says, speak the word. And watch my favor surround you. And I will do the impossible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
glory. That's all I had this morning. Fully persuaded. You take the teaching from Pastor Will. And you get so drunk on it. You consume it over and over again. I was driving in this morning from Galveston. And I was thinking, Lord, what is it to take the people of Grace and Truth Church to the next level? What is it to take the people? Not the next building. Not Will's ministry. None of that. The people. What is it to take the people to the next level? Now, either I'm lying or I'm telling you the truth. This is what the Holy Ghost said. Listen to the word. Listen to the teaching again during the week at least one time. It's one thing to hear it, agree, nod, take some notes. But it's not going. Am I okay? It's not going deep enough. It's not producing the fruit that it can. I challenge you under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. This week, take 45 minutes. Go back and listen. This would be good every week. Go back and listen and let that word sink deeper. And watch it produce fruit at a supernatural rate. It'll spring forth, says the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Can I pray over the people? Do we have more to do? Father, in Jesus' name, the blessing of Abraham is ours. And we are fully persuaded, God, that you are able to do everything you said. Lord, strip from us everything that would keep us from believing you. We lay it down in humble submission to you this morning. We lay down anything that would keep us from believing you and your great plan that you wrote down for us in your book before the earth began. Father, I bless this house. May this be the greatest week they've ever known. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, Grace and Truth, and I just decided I will be here next Sunday morning to strengthen His hand in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Outstanding. Thank you, Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Well, what a blessing for our brother Russell to to appear and, uh, and just bless us this way. I love the way that the Fivefold ministry, the corporate flow of ministry. I've been involved in that many times over the years, and it never, I, it doesn't surprise me anymore. It used to, I just used to be in awe and shock, and I still am in awe, but it just, it always is like that. It's like you prime the pump, and then all the other fivefold ministers there just like, just, just, just put, just put me in. It's like, like wrestlers, you know, tag teams. Like, I'm on fire. This thing's burning in me. Let me, let me. Let me let it loose, you know. It's just beautiful. It's just God. It's the anointing. Amen. Praise God. Everybody doing well? Did you receive today? Praise God. Hallelujah. Anybody need prayer for anything? We are here. Otherwise, we love you. We're going to look forward to seeing you next week. Get with May about the, uh, the, the feeding, uh, the program and everything like that. Be praying for all those who aren't here. Spread the word about, about that ministry, and we'll, we'll get that up and running. I'm going to be sharing some other things with you real soon. I'm going uh, to try to, uh, to get a time. I'll go back and uh, maybe minister down at the, um, the Montrose Street uh, <coughs> Outreach uh, down there and take some of you with me, and we'll get out on the street, see what that looks like, see some of those street babies and things like that. I've had it on my heart to, to get back in contact with my friends down there and go down there and take a bunch of you with me. And uh, anyway, we look forward to seeing Russell back like next week. I love you all. 
Have a great week, and we'll see you soon. <laughs> Hallelujah.